0: Welcome back to the GT Counter Podcast. My name is Tyler. Joining me, as always, my co-host, who also signed his national letter of intent to the GT Counter Podcast today. It's our boy, Grayson Winters. Gee, what's up, my guy?
1: Hey, what's up, Ed? You no, know, it's uh, another day of uh, early national signings. Uh, pretty crazy, man. NIL seems like it's kind of changing. It's changed the game in a lot of ways, and it continues to do so. Um, probably in the biggest way today that we've ever seen on National Signing Day, 19 different schools signed five-star recruits. Um, pretty absurd. And the craziest stat is of those 19 schools, none of them include, or none of them are Michigan, Notre Dame, or USC. So truthfully, there will be 22, at least 22 different schools that sign five stars at some point in time over the the course of signings. So.
0: Yeah, it's uh, brought a lot of schools into the fold, parodies at an all-time high. You love to see it. Um, Not a good day to be Billy Napier at uh, Florida. Uh, You hate to see it. It seems like everybody is just going to Florida's recruiting list, and it's like a shopping list for every other school. I mean, I think Steve Sarkeesian has made a living this this offseason and the signing period of just stealing Billy Napier's kids.
1: Yeah, well, we always knew that Texas had great boosters, and are they going to have quite the advantage when it comes to NIL deals? I mean, they have the money to do it. Texas will be a powerhouse.
0: Absolutely. And uh, it's only a matter of time before they figure out a way to screw it up once again. So, uh, um, of course, as we got into it, today is National Signing Day for the the college uh, signees. Uh, we can touch on that a little bit here in the intro. Of course, what we're here for today is to pick and go through some of these bowl games going into the Christmas weekend. And then we'll touch on the NFL, a very consequential weekend upcoming. We can't wait to discuss a little bit of Roger Ball. And then, you know, the usual odds and ends that uh, you come to know us for. So let's go ahead and hop right into this, Gray. Um, Any other things on early signing day or portal that you wanted to hit? Uh, I will say Evan Stewart, Texas A&M receiver, as long anticipated has finally entered his name into the portal. Uh hope he just comes right up to road to austin, but uh gotta assume every big school in in the country is looking for him. he's a game changer,
1: yeah, I completely agree I completely agree he was uh he was pretty fun to watch when we were live at that game he's he's kind of a a uh, a stud, so we love that um you know, I think the biggest thing for national signing day today for me was how much pull my man matt rule has i mean. Just got some absolute studs today out in Nebraska. Uh, just freaking huge. I mean, steals a five-star QB from Georgia. You freaking love to see it. So hopefully he can put uh, Nebraska back on back on the map.
0: Say what you want about him as an NFL coach, but that dude knows how to revive college programs. He did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. He's going to do the same thing at Nebraska. He just knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I think uh we'll we'll good we'll dive into a lot of portal um with Reed next week on the podcast. Um but one portal guy I do want to hit today. Um, you know he happens to be leading our ESPN bullpicks right now. Asa Robertson flips to a GAC school, a rival school in southeastern Oklahoma State today. Uh congratulations, Asa. We're gonna miss you at SNU, but uh Always good to see uh, you getting to go back home. So it's a, it's a sad day for s Good day for uh, the Savage Storm. I'm coming
0: home. Let's go ahead and hop into some of these bowl games if you're ready for it, G. Uh, we got to start off with the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. This one will be Friday night. Uh, this one is going to be in Orlando. So a bit of a, a home game here for uh, UCF, who's playing host to Georgia Tech in this one. Uh, Portal issues here. Both teams have just a handful of guys. Uh, UCF, their big loss is going to be Corey Thornton. uh, Starting corner played 660 snaps. And then Georgia Tech, couple of big losses. Starting edge Kyle Kennard and starting corner Keenan Johnson. Both entered the portal. No real read on the side here, although I'd lean Georgia Tech. Uh, This game screams an over. Neither team can stop anybody. Gus Malzahn going to be rooting for points there. I think anything over I saw it at sixty-six and a half. I'd just take it. I it's fun to root for points and in bowl games with some opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball. Think we could be looking at a shootout here.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm agreeing with you here. I really liked how Georgia Tech looked when they played Georgia in the rivalry game. You know, they're a team that I think could probably play pretty well in this game and play pretty well against a UCF defense that isn't really very good at all. Um, I am worrisome though because the Big Twelve in their only game they have played so far looked really damn good against a Pac-12 team. So, makes me wonder: is is the Big Twelve pretty pretty a strong you know a strong conference this year? Who knows? We'll uh, soon we'll soon tell. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see how UCF uh, UCF plays in this.
0: Absolutely. Next game up is the Birmingham Bowl. First one up on Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, Duke and Troy, Troy playing a pseudo home game here from right up the road. A big one here, head coach John Sumrall is now gone. He is at Tulane. Defensive coordinator uh, Greg Gasparato will be serving as the interim head coach. And your boy Gerard Gerard Parker from Notre Dame will be taking over as the head coach following the bowl game. Um, Not too much issues in the portal for Troy, just three guys. And then Duke has all sorts of issues here. It's just a cluster. Mike Elko is gone for Texas A&M. So their associate head coach, Trooper Taylor, what a a name there, Trooper Taylor, will serve as the interim head coach. Riley Leonard is gone to Notre Dame. Uh, QB1 is probably going to be Grayson Loftus, who we saw multiple times this year and was not very good. Uh, then they have starting running back in the portal, Jordan Water, starting corner in the portal, Braden Johnson, starting edge, RJ Oben, who I believe is already at Notre Dame as well. And then starting defensive tackle, Anus Peebles, also a great name, Anus Peebles, uh, and starting line- linebacker, Dorian Mousy. So interesting one here. I don't know, man. It seems like Duke has too many portal issues and too much change. Troy, I know their head coach left as well, but a little bit more stability. I would lean towards the Trojans here.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to disagree with you. Um, I know Duke's lost a lot of players in the transfer portal. I think Duke looked really, really well this season with injuries. and They did what they could at times. I know a lot of it probably falls down to Mike Elko being a really good head coach in general and making this defense and this team look really, really good as a whole. But I still think that Duke probably holds this one out. Um, I think they can get it done in, in this game, plainly honest with you. Um, what are your, I know we'll probably get into the coach's carousel a little bit tomorrow, but can we get some brief thoughts on Gerald Parker going to Troy? I mean, what are your,
0: I mean, thoughts? I feel like Troy's a good proving ground for a younger head coach looking to kind of make his bones established program like it's been built up great by John Summerall. So you keep that thing on the rails, you kind of stack some double digit wins there. I mean, feels like it could be a good springboard for a potential job and uh, moving up into the power five.
1: Do you think this was a good hire for Troy? I mean, it's a good spot for him, but I don't know. Do you think that the Notre, the poor offensive performance had to do more with Notre Dame players and less with the offensive coordinator?
0: Uh, let me flip that question around and ask it to you. You're the Notre Dame guy. What do you What do you think?
1: I think it's probably, you know, at the beginning of the year, I really, really liked his play call. I loved his play calls at Navy. When we played Navy at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is the best play call we've had. But, you know, my thought process on it is, is that Tommy Reese didn't look like a good offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and he's cooked in the last month at BAM. So it probably does have a lot to do with maybe the players don't work well with the offensive coordinator, or maybe Marcus Freeman is a hard guy to work underneath. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into this. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we can hit a two for two with offensive coordinators leaving and them doing great in other spots. So.
0: That would uh, certainly be an indictment on Notre Dame. Uh, that would be for sure. If, if you have two guys back-to-back who would go off and be studs elsewhere after you just couldn't wait to get rid of them, tough look.
1: Yeah, extremely, extremely.
0: Let's go to the next one here, the Camellia Bowl. Arkansas State and Northern Illinois, the Huskies, and our boy Rocky Lombardi, who was also in his 18th college football season, Finally, his career is coming to an end here. Not too much to really dive into here. I just think Arkansas State is the better team. Butch Jones, uh, Butch better have my money here. This have my money. I think that they pull off an upset and get a win here.
1: Interesting. I I'm, I'm don't know where to put my head on this. I picked Arkansas State in our bowl matchups, but I really don't know where to go here uh northern illinois i'm sure they're going to have some stud quarterback there they always have a good quarterback um besides that i don't know much about either one of these teams really so if if i was to put my money i would go 64% of the people are picking arkansas state with their money so i'd probably take arkansas
0: state. next one up is the lockheed martin armed forces bowl which uh our podcast will be on site for that game excited to be out there for for that game Saturday afternoon at 2.30. Uh, James Madison and the Air Troops will be in this one. The uh, The troops kind of limped their way to the end of the season here. Uh, injuries and some bad play. They were undefeated at one point, and they finished the year, I believe, 8-4. and four. And then James Madison, the Cinderella run, they got upset by Appy State. And then 11-1, uh, found their way into a bowl game with not enough bowl-eligible teams. But head coach Kurt Signetti is now at Indiana, and he took basically their entire coaching staff with them. Just four coaches remain, I believe. So it's going to be interesting because in this one, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine starters hit the portal. Along with a platoon uh, linebacker who played over 200 snaps this year. Now, most of the poor guys are saying they'll play just to finish out what they started, but you have to wonder you know, what that could potentially lead to, including uh, starting quarterback Jordan McLeod, who is still set to play, obviously. Uh, a slew of defenders, like two or three linebackers, two D-tackles, a uh, corner starting left tackle as well. Just interesting there. And then the NFL prospect on the roster, defensive end Jalen Green, is going to be out. He missed the final three games he will still be injured. The air troops, not a ton of portal issues at all. Their system, it is what it is. Uh, Gotta think Air Force is going to be pretty motivated here, but James Madison could be motivated too. Finish off what they started. I like the over. I think it's 41, something like that. I I would take the over before I picked a side.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, I'm I'm hammering uh, Air Force to win this game. You know, Air Force is one of those teams that's a little bit been a little bit sneaky. They're always a little bit sneaky and their quarterback is freaking the balls. I mean, he's good. Um, yeah. I think James Madison has some stuff going on losing their coach and interim right now and getting a new coach and whatnot and I think that uh Air Force probably has the uh, the leg up in this. I'm going to I'm going to take the underdogs.
0: Love to see it. Never a bad bet to back to back the troops in bowl season. There's something ridiculous like 75% against the spread in bowl games. So, anytime you can back the troops in bowls it's probably a good idea. Next one, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl presented by the Blue Turf in Boise. Um Georgia State and Utah State. This one here, Georgia State is hammered by portal issues including with one, two, three, four starters in the portal. Utah State, only one starter in the portal. They're starting safety. Cooper Lega, I believe is his name, the Utah State quarterback, is hurt. So they will turn to Levi Williams to play quarterback for them. If it wasn't for the quarterback issue, I would probably take Utah State here. And to be honest with you, I still think I am just because Georgia state is hammered by portal issues. Mainly their stud running back who's already committed to Mizzou. So shout out to him. Uh, Yeah. It's Utah state or nothing for me.
1: Yeah. Utah state's gotta be the team here for me. I've seen them play one time and one time only. I got to see them play at Frisco a couple years back in a bowl game and they won that bowl game. So, you know, for me, Utah state and the, uh, Utah State's got to be the choice here. I think you're right with the Georgia State having too many portal issues.
0: Next bowl up is the 68 Ventures Bowl, which I'm not sure what all 68 Ventures are, but maybe we'll find out on the telecast at 6 o'clock on Saturday, December 23rd. Uh, South Alabama, who vastly underachieved during the regular season this year, is playing Eastern Michigan, who is the worst bowl team in the entire bowl season this year. I don't have much analysis on this game. both teams have a little bit of portal problems, but not too bad uh in South Alabama here. They are the far superior team. The spread is what it is for a reason, I believe it's sixteen and a half uh in South Alabama or nothing. I just can't get there with eastern Michigan.
1: yeah, absolutely not. I think uh Max Crosby would be really upset with how his uh, million dollars is being spent at the moment for uh for this team, yeah. I think Alabama has got to be the play here.
0: The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Feels like we get a better sponsor for that one as well. Uh, Utah and Northwestern. Let me tell you, there has got to be a motivational difference here. So uh, Utah has both their top two quarterbacks in the portal, along with two wide receivers, two corners, and a linebacker. Um, they also have three opt-outs, Devon Vele, who was their starting receiver and both their starting safeties in Sione Vaki and Cole Bishop, Northwestern, just two portal entries. One of them being rather big, their starting left guard, Josh Prieb. Um, other than that, nothing there in the portal, Northwestern is going to be the motivated team here. Utah underachieved in the regular season this year. Northwestern is like a six, six and a half point dog, but I think they're alive to win this thing outright. So, uh if you're looking for a nice little upset, look for Northwestern in Vegas. Interesting.
1: This is a this is an interesting game for me. Um, you know, Utah is really good defensively. Um, continues to struggle on offense. Uh yeah. I don't know which way I'd want to go on this game, Ed. I think I took Utah in our bull pick 'em. Um, but I just don't know if I can really back them in this game at all. And I don't know if I could get behind my question. This is kind of a coin flip game
0: almost. I agree with you. But uh, if you give me a coin flip and one of the sides is plus 250 on the money line, I- I'll take the I'll take the juice there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's worth your bet. It's worth your bet.
0: Next up, the easy post Hawaii Bowl. We're headed to the island, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Coastal, tons of portal issues. Their top two quarterbacks are in the portal. So third stringer, Ethan Vosco is going to be the uh, the starter in this one, along with a starting wide receiver and a starting linebacker, both in the portal. Uh, could be a chance that some of them still play. We'll just have to see. You never like having the, uh, the indecision on the portal, guys. You wish they'd just come out and say, you know, they're either playing or they're not. So we'll have to see about that one come game day. San Jose State does have two starters in the portal left tackle Fernando Carmona and stud tight end Dominic Mazzotti are both in the portal. Um, San Jose state's like a 10 or 11 point favorite here. That just feels like too many points. I know coastal has a ton of portal issues, but, uh, I think 10 and a half or 11 is too many. So I'd take coastal there.
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the spread is kind of, is kind of big in this one. Um, I think that, uh, I think that San Jose State is probably not going to win this game, even though they are favored. But I think that uh, for them to not cover the spread would probably be the best pick. Maybe slap Coastal down for that plus 10.
0: Yeah, don't hate that at all. Um, In the re-roll-offs bowl, also known as the Quick Lane Bowl, in Detroit at Ford Field, uh, Bowling Green and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We have here an absolute poopfecta of a game. Um portal issues on both sides, motivational issues for Minnesota. Minnesota's the more talented team, but you've got draft opt-outs, you've got portal players. Give me bowling green here. Let's not overthink this.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, it's it's tough to it's tough to fade Minnesota, and I'm glad Reed's not on the podcast right now, but there's just too much stuff going on out there. I think the Bowling Green is uh is an easy play here.
0: Love it. Um, the First Responders Bowl presented by Serve Pro. Uh, this one in Dallas. We will also be on site in that one. Excited to uh, to be boots on the ground for that one. Tuesday at four thirty. It's Texas State and Rice in the Battle of Texas. Glad this game's in Dallas. This will be a a, a fun little in state rivalry here. Um, not a ton of portal issues. A little bit on the injury front. Uh, Texas State missed a starting offensive lineman in their last game, and Joey Hobart, their stud receiver, didn't dress in the last game. For Rice, JT Daniels has medically retired due to repeated head trauma. AJ Paget will more than likely be the starter. You might get Chase Jenkins sprinkled in there as well, a little young kid there. So, um, I kind of like an under here, just with all the Rice injuries and and things like that could potentially look to see an under, but, you know, I do like Texas State as well.
1: Yeah, I love Texas State right here. They are an offensive freaking powerhouse, like an offensive demon. I mean, they've had 5,661 yards of offense this season, just absolutely doing whatever they want to do, and they're averaging 36 points per game, where uh, they're letting up just under 34 points per game. So uh all of that added together, Ed, what is the uh the over under? 60 and a half. Yeah. I'm killing the over in this game. I don't I don't care. Texas State's defense is awful. Their offense is freaking prime. Give me the over in this game all day and tomorrow.
0: Hey, we'll, we'll do get out there. That'll be okay. We'll uh we got we can't agree on all the picks, right?
1: No. That would, That's why we don't. That's why we don't have the same record in our uh, in our bowl lineup.
0: That's right, and someone's in last, and it's not you.
1: <laughs> I'm. I'm i hey, I'm. I'm one game ahead. Only one game ahead.
0: The battle for last rages on. We're, we're a lot of games left.
1: Thank thank God for Reed Rolloffs. Okay,
0: thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Next in the last game up that we'll talk about on this episode, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix. Kansas and UNLV. Uh, Kansas, their offensive coordinator is now the OC at Penn State, so it could be a potential issue there. Um, Left tackle Dominic Puny has opted out to prepare for the draft, and they have three guys in the portal. None of them are huge losses, though. Um, A couple of injuries on the offensive line as well. They're their right tackle and their right guard both left early in the uh, their final regular season game of the year due to injury. Unsure of the status on them as well. Um, UNLV, not a ton of portal issues, not a ton of injuries. This this spread is very interesting. It's Kansas by like 12 and a half. I just think that's too many points. UNLV, much closer to home. Uh, fast track indoors at Chase Field there. Ah, uh, give me UNLV plus the points. Let's not overthink this. The uh, the go go offense will be going and going in this game.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I think the not having any portal issues uh, with an already pretty high powered offense, averaging about thirty four points per game. Um, yeah, I totally see it. I totally like UNLV in this game. I will say, I one my one point to this, and I'm sorry. Is that I still think that the Big Twelve has looked really, really strong in the one game they've played. I need more to, I need more to back it, but I'm the Big Twelve will have a positive record in bowl games this year. I'm stamping it right now. Stamp it.
0: I love that prediction. That's a good one. Everybody's kind of crapped all over the Big Twelve this year, but you're you're coming out strong in defense. Like, hey, good bowl season on tap. See, I
1: didn't think, you know, I wasn't overly behind the Big Twelve all season long. And then I saw what Texas Tech did to Cal, and I was like, okay, maybe maybe we can back these teams. Maybe we can back them. So, yeah, let the, let the Big 12 ride a little bit.
0: Good, good. We love to see that. Um, we will hit on the other games after that, starting with the Military Bowl, all the way through the comp- college football playoff semifinals on next podcast with Reed. So look forward to that one. Um, but before we get to the next pod, we have to do this pod. Grayson, Roger, and uh, Roger Ball are starting to take over Christmas weekend from uh, from the NBA. They've got games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of Christmas. Um, what you got for us in Triple G this week?
1: You know, get to run through the uh, is Jalen Hurts on his absolute downfall. Uh, get to talk a, few, a little bit about some of these games for the week, and then get to uh, plug in on maybe a little bit of a far too early draft talk. All of this and more after the break.
0: All right, Gray, let's go ahead and get to it with Triple G here.
1: Yeah, starting off, we're going to talk about the Eagles drop another game on Monday Night Football, and that is their third in a row. I mean what what are we doing at this point in time? You know it's three good teams they've lost to in a row. And we talked about the previous week before that. They beat the Bills in OT and I told you that I don't think that they can keep running and winning the way that they're winning. They can't continue to win these close games every single week. And now they're at a point in time where you get blown out by the 49ers, you get blown out by the Cowboys, you lose to Seattle in bad fashion. And lucky for you, you play three bad teams right here and you still have a chance to win the division because the Cowboys continue to do the same exact thing that you're doing. So I do want to, uh, want to talk a little bit about Jalen hurts and his, you know, piss poor play over the last three weeks. Uh, Jalen hurts stats over the last three weeks are 638 total passing yards, zero passing touchdowns, two interceptions, has a 71 passer rating, um, has not scored over 20 points in any of the last three weeks, and only has scored a touchdown when he gets pushed by a 250-pound man right from the back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it it is what it is. Jalen Hurts, your so-called MVP, is suffering right now. And it seems like if you put yourself at the top of the MVP top discussion, your team just decides we're going to fold at least a couple of games and get you out of it. So I don't know what we need to do here, Ed. What are, uh, do we? Do we, are we still back in Jalen?
0: No, I mean, I think this Eagles team is a, a Ponzi scheme. We, I saw on Twitter that they now have a worse point differential this year than the Minnesota Vikings who have played four different quarterbacks, I think. So, just shows you how not good they've been. Uh, they they the the Eagles are last year's Vikings. They win all the close games, and then whenever it comes down to it, they're they're just not going to be able to close in the playoffs. So I don't think they're a serious threat that we need to worry about. Hurts is a little bit injured, banged up, still got the knee thing, which is obviously not helping. But uh, confusing play calling. But like there was no need for that last play when Hurts threw the pick. There was no need to throw it deep downfield there. Like just take your middle of the field gain, set up your field goal and try to get to overtime. But no, they tried to get greedy. They got aggressive and he threw a pick like it's reaping and sowing at this point that Sirianni has always been cocky and confident and all of that, but it it only works until it doesn't. And it's, he's starting to find out that maybe it doesn't.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, we were talking about the play calling and everything like that, and it seems like they got a couple plays in the playbook, and that's about it. It seems like all they want to run is DeAndre Swift up the middle and hope he bounces it out and gets some big gain, or they want to throw short curl routes, and they want to throw bubbles, and, it, and maybe run the read option every now and then. But they're just their playbook is just so underplayed. They're not doing a whole lot. They're not being very creative on offense. And then when they play conservative all game long, you'd think they would play conservative and try to just kick the field goal like you said. And instead they want to go, okay, now it's time to throw the ball. Now we got to go win. You know, stop playing. And it's the same thing Ryan Day does at Ohio State. It's we're going to play conservative, we're going to play conservative. Oh, no, we're down by 14. Now we need to play good. No, you need to play aggressive from the start. Not play aggressive in the last 10 minutes of the game, you know. Play aggressive from the first snap of the ball. You could play conservative to an extent, but to me, it's. And I think I don't know the viewers might think. I mean, when I talk about aggressive, I mean going forward on fourth down and doing this. No, I mean when you're at second and two, how about you hum the ball deep and throw it towards the sideline so it gets out of bounds if nobody catches it? You know, take the top off, take your shots when you can take your shots, and now when you get to third and two and it's an incompletion, you. Run a short little route and get a first down, but don't run the ball every single play and then be like, "Okay, now we're going to let Jalen hum the ball deep." Because why not? It it doesn't make much sense to me, especially when you have AJ Brown on your team. So it's it is it is what it is. But anyways, moving into Week 16 of the NFL, um, don't know if we have any overly great games. Um, there's there's definitely one or two that are maybe three that are pretty pretty solid games for the week. Um, I'll just roll through a couple of these ones really quick. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, we have the Saints playing the Rams. Rams are playing good football still. Um, Saints have gotten a couple wins back-to-back. Beat two pretty crappy teams in the Panthers and the Giants. And, you know, they're just moving right on along down the – down the path of uh, of forgotten, so I don't know. You got? Any, do you have any thoughts on this one, Ed, or is it's you know just a, just a quick little hit?
0: No, I think the Rams have been playing great. There's no reason to not ke- uh, keep riding them. There, Stafford's been playing good ball. I mean, I think you got to keep backing them.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree, and it's good. It's so good for this Rams team to have Stafford back. I mean, there's it. They definitely, definitely need him on their team. So without him there uh i don't know how detroit never won any games with uh with him and megatron it's, it's still one of those things that will forever live in my brain um but yeah they're they're playing great ball 7 and 7 right now and the saints are 7 and 7 so this is kind of you know one of those games where it's will the saints finally get off the rocker and try to take over this nfc south division so we're excited to uh we're excited to see maybe unless the bucks win uh, second game of the day, you've got the Bengals versus the Steelers. Steelers offense is just absolutely atrocious. Uh, Bengals, Jake Browning. I mean, who would have who would have thought? Who would have thought the young man could uh could ball out like this? I saw a graphic earlier today on a uh, on Sports Center, and it was the top five performers of the week, and it was Jake Browning at one. Uh, Joe Flacco at the two spot, um, Patrick Mahomes and two other guys. And someone had quote tweeted it and said, uh, if anybody saw this at the beginning of week one, that this is what (laughs) week 15 would have looked like, we all would not have watched the NFL this season. So it's just just pretty remarkable. He's playing well, though. I mean, I I can get behind him. I can get behind.
0: Everybody thought that Josh Dobbs was having the Jeremy Lynn type run, but turns out it was Jake Browning who was doing it this entire time.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a stud at the moment. So moving into the next game of the week, uh, Bills are playing the Chargers. The Chargers fired their head coach after they got absolutely blown the freaking doors off of by the Raiders last Thursday. I'm a Raiders fan. I couldn't believe it. We scored zero points one week, 63 the next. Who would have thought? I mean, it just does not add up. Uh, it almost makes me not want to uh, get a new quarterback because Aiden, Aiden O'Connell does stuff like that. He's, he's fighting for his job. Okay, respect the young man. So, and, uh, you know, Chargers suck so bad, I wouldn't be surprised after the way the Bills played the uh, Cowboys last week. They don't just get the absolute doors blown off of them again.
0: Interim coach bump though, you never know. I mean, it feels like teams always play good with the uh the interim coach around.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I agree the Raiders have been playing they've been playing decent with Antonio Pierce. So, I, I could totally see the uh it happening for the Chargers too. The only problem is, is Herbert's out for the season and we saw about how good um how good that NDSU quarterback was.
0: Easton um, Stick, not very Eastern good. Easton
1: Stick. Yeah, no. He's about worthless, blatantly. And Austin Eckler is about the worst fantasy running back you could possibly have on one's team. So uh, just absolutely pitiful. We're, we're not backing him ever again. Uh, moving in to our next game of the week, we have the Commanders versus the Jets. An absolute stinker of a game, but I love – I mean, I I don't know what Zach Wilson got on, but he's been playing well in the last two games. So I might be able to get behind, uh, behind the Jets in this one over the Commanders.
0: Unfortunately, Zach Wilson took repeated head trauma. He's in the uh, concussion protocol. Oh, might be Tim Boyle again.
1: Golly. Yeah, he might need to retire. I mean, that's is, that's the second time this year that he's had repeated head trauma and concussion, isn't it?
0: I think so. I mean, Poor man. you know, the thing about this game is there's your typical poopfecta, which is just awful. And then you go fifty layers down and then you get to this game, which you can only classify as one way. It's just shit tastic. Like it's it's brutal. <laughs> I don't know anybody who wants to tune into this game. It's gonna be dreadful.
1: Yeah. I I completely agree. It's it's not going to be uh not gonna be a good game by any means. By any means. Uh, Lions are playing the Vikings. It looks like the Lions kind of got back to uh, back to their business last week. And is, is Sam Laporta in the talk of being a, a top five tight end right now? I mean, he's been playing lights out. He leads all tight ends and touchdowns at seven right now. So he's he's been playing well. I'm glad I have him on my fantasy team. That's, that
0: is for sure. I bet you are. I mean, it feels like tight end depth is a little bit thin across the league. So... I think it's fair to say he's at least the top ten tight end. He's been he's been outstanding this year, especially for a rookie.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I completely agree with you. Uh, moving into our next game, Browns versus the Texans. Joe Flacco he rides again, and he's been playing well for this Browns team. I mean, who would have thought that old Joe Flacco would be able to uh, get behind the get behind the wheel and drive again? Uh I'm pretty sure and correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, I'm pretty sure CJ Stroud's still out for this game.
0: I believe um, he is still in protocol. Let me double check on that. Uh yeah, he is still in the protocol like, as of yeah. uh as of Wednesday.
1: I don't see any way that the Texans win this game then. With him in protocol and with the Texans being the Texans, I think that they snuck by with a win last week and or, None. was it next week or was it the fault previous
0: week? Yeah, they beat the uh, the Titans in the uh, the Battle of yeah. the the Oilers, which we got to yep. say, so disrespectful by the Titans to wear the Oilers jerseys against the Houston which you stole their team and yeah, I agree with everybody saying give give the Texans the Oilers jerseys back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Aaron Basavich, you're 100% right. You're there with JJ Watt. You you can have the jerseys. They're they're yours now. I think they should play for the jerseys every year. That should be a new rivalry. It's like, winner of this game, you get to take the jerseys for the next year. And then if they they need to play every year, and it's like a college rivalry. You play for the jerseys. It's perfect.
1: I'm going to skip a couple of these games, uh, because genuinely I just don't care about them. Going to move into a game that I think has a lot of implications on the standings as we speak. Jaguars versus Buccaneers. Play on Saturday. One of the teams is going to lose, and both of them are barely winning their division. They're both... The Buccaneers are tied for their division right now at the same record as the... it? No, not the
0: Sorry. Falcons after they just lost to the freaking Panthers. Saints.
1: The Saints. They're both tied at 7-7. Seven and seven. And the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans are all tied at 8-6. and six. So this game has a lot of implications on uh on our NFL leaders. So that will be a really interesting game for the week. Um, and Baker's been cooking a little
0: bit. So I would like to officially welcome everyone to the first edition of the NFL's Loser Leaves Town match. Loser here is definitely behind the eight ball, making the division. And I don't think the loser here is going to be able to sneak a wild card in either conference here. So loser this game, out of town. See ya.
1: Yep, I agree with you, Ed. I totally agree with you. This is going to be the second best game of the week, and that is going to be Cowboys versus the Dolphins. Cowboys continue this kind of gauntlet of football games that they're playing in a row, and none other than to play the Miami Dolphins. How are we feeling about this game, Ed? I mean, tough loss last week to the Bills. Uh, Dak didn't look that great and blatantly honest the offensive play call was not up to par I think so
0: weirdly confident heading into this game um they were due for a stinker and Buffalo's a team who's been on a heater lately uh going on the road to Buffalo in December yeah that's a tough ask uh the Dolphins Mike McDaniel is an absolute stud uh you know he's gonna have something cooked up for this game. However. Their entire starting offensive line mispracticed today. Not a good sign if you're a Dolphins fan. Uh, looks like Tyreek will be back, which is huge. And the Cowboys' uh, corners have been vulnerable this year, so with with Tyreek and Waddle out there, could be a problem for the Cowboys. Um, Dolphins are favored, I believe, by two. That seems about right. I would probably lean Dolphins to win, but it uh, should be an exciting game. I hope we get an over here. There needs to be points here. This game deserves to be like 35-31 or something like that. It, uh, we're due for a shootout here.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And then there are three games on Christmas this week. You got the Raiders versus the Chiefs. Nothing better than a little bit of an AFC West matchup. And, you know, everybody knows how this game's going to go. The Raiders are going to go up early in this game. 14-21-0 in the first quarter. And the Chiefs are going to end up winning by one touchdown at the end of the game. It's how it goes every time. It is so disappointing to be a Raiders fan. You absolutely hate to see it.
0: It's either that or the Raiders go up like 10-nothing early and then the Chiefs just score 38 in a row and then you lose 38 to 17. It's like, well, we had that 10 nothing though.
1: Yes. I, I would, if you're a betting person, I would bet Raiders in whatever first half points that they could possibly get. I would bet that money line on them. Uh, or first quarter. On
0: them. Just what yeah, first the first quarter. half? Just give me the first yeah. quarter.
1: First quarter points is what you need. They're going to score 14 to 21 points in that first quarter. And then take the Chiefs. Third quarter points, they're going to light up the freaking scoreboard. Um, it's just how it always goes. We know we you guys write the same script every week. It needs to change for this game. Um, not going to talk much about Giants versus Eagles. I do love um, do love Tommy DeVito and love his uh, love his uh, what's the name for it? Not his uh, his agent who also played uh, football back in the day out of college. But I cannot think of the name of it right now, but he played receiver.
0: He played at Marist. He played at the Marist School. And uh, some breaking news across the wire. Uh, Tommy DeVito has fired his agent. He is no longer represented by Sean Stellato. No. I think their I little don't... feud over the uh, the appearance fee for the pizza joint in New York, uh, I think he got him fired. You hate to see it. Oh, dang. That's,
1: yeah, that's, uh, that's really sad to hear really sad to hear
0: we'll um, always have that the, 15 second clip of him just kissing everybody in the family section outside crying down below pasta meatballs joe dimaggio Felicio, pinocchio a pizza pie from domino's all of this because i'm singing in the pointy head
1: yeah point being made i think this is probably a good spot for the eagles to get back on the uh back on the horse and get a win this week and potentially a good time for the Eagles to take back this division over the Cowboys with the Cowboys having a really tough game on uh on Sunday. So, moving into our final game of the week, the best game of the week, 49ers versus the Ravens and this is going to be a freaking dynamic game. Probably the two hottest teams in football right now. We love the Ravens, we love the Niners, not personally, But right now in football, if you were to take two teams that are going to play in the Super Bowl, this might be a Super Bowl matchup for us. Um, I'm excited to watch this game. It's going to be a freaking battle.
0: Lamar Jackson, welcome to your MVP moment. You win this game Monday night. Everybody watching you, MVP's yours, my guy. Just go out there and take it.
1: I do want to say that it has been six weeks in a row where the underdog, has won on Monday Night Football. With that being said, the Ravens are the underdog in this game. Really? So, if you want a reason, yes. So, if you want a reason to take a dog in this game, that is your reason right
0: there. What are they take like? A plus a tic-tac? Plus tack? Plus one and a half? Plus it's, two?
1: Plus four and a half? What? Yep, they're four and a half point dogs in this game. So
0: feed yeah, me the, the Ravens.
1: This is the time to take them plus one eighty five. For the Ravens so if you want money line on the Ravens it's there for the taking so I love it I think that the six the six uh dogs in Monday night football in a row just it does it for me it's everything I need
0: I'm gonna go ahead and lock in my own the board pick now it's gonna be Baltimore Ravens money line for plus 185 thank you all very much
1: right. that's it's easy enough it's easy to do it so that's uh that's all the stuff on the schedule right there let me run through our Uh, Following week 15 results, the far too early NFL draft outlook. Um, Right now, the Chicago Bears are still getting the number one overall pick from Carolina. And as expected, the projected player to get picked right here is Caleb Williams. And there's been a lot of talk about Justin Fields leaving and heading to Vegas. Uh, As a Raiders fan, this would be ideal for me. I've been on the Justin Fields train for a minute now, and, and we absolutely want it. Give me Justin Fields right now. We'll give you a second round pick in the 2024 draft and a fourth in 2025. Come on, we want him.
0: Fields fits the absolute perfect stereotype for the late great Al Davis of, I don't care what they do, just give me the fastest players in football. And, and that is Justin Fields. He'd be perfect in Vegas. Perfect. Make it happen.
1: Yeah, we, we absolutely need him. So moving in to pick number two, and I'm not going to roll through all these picks. I'll roll through maybe 10. We'll we we'll see how far we get along here. Moving into the number two pick, the New England Patriots are projected to take Drake May here. And, you know, you get your franchise quarterback, but do you think that it's it's you need a franchise quarterback or you think you need Marvin Harrison Jr. here? You don't have any receivers on this team. What are what are your thoughts, Ed?
0: They need everything, so I would take the quarterback first. Yeah. I mean, honestly, might look to trade back and maybe pick up like Jaden Daniels. Trade back a couple of spots, pick up an extra pick so you can draft another receiver. Uh, that'd be what I'd do. I'd rather take the extra shot at a skill guy and still get a good quarterback in the top 10. Uh, but we'll see. Bill has treated the draft like junk for a while now, so we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. He thinks he can develop players because he had Tom Brady at one point in time. It's it's absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, moving into the number three pick in the draft, the Arizona Cardinals are projected to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Does this surprise you? Do you think that they are they want to ride with Kyler Murray? They want to keep on letting the train roll, or what are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, they signed with that deal, you kind of have to. So you make it as good around him as you can. You drafted an O-lineman last year. You get maybe the best player in the draft this year. I mean, that's good work.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Moving into the number four pick in the draft, the Washington Commanders are going to take Olu Bashuno from Penn State. Offensive tackle, superstar stud. Um, Don't think he's better than Joe Alt, but some would beg to differ. I'm a tad bit biased. Um, Just a tad.
0: I'm surprised they wouldn't jump at quarterback. I guess they love Sam Howell enough to maybe not, but, uh, you know, never a bad thing to draft the best O lineman in the class.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Uh, moving in to the number five spot, the Chicago Bears are going to, projected to take Dallas Turner, edge threat from Alabama. And, you know, I kind of think that this is a, too high of a pick for him. I don't think there's enough value in this spot to take Dallas Turner as the edge rusher. He's he's a good player, but is he freaky dominant like some of these other edge guys that we've seen? Not overly. Would it be smarter to grab an offensive lineman here or take Brock Bowers at tight end or Malik Neighbors at wide receiver? I don't know, maybe, but it's, it's just my thoughts on
0: I think it's O-Lyman. I think it's Joe Alt, or I think it's Malik Neighbors. I think that's pretty It's pretty simple there. I would not go with Dallas Turner. They already have, like, um, Marquez They got decent defensive players. Like, you need offensive weapons badly. Go, go take one of them now.
1: Yeah. Take a second receiver and let him pair with DJ Moore and have a have a really good um, receiver core. I, I completely agree. Moving into pick number six. The New York Giants are are projected to take Jaden Daniels in this pick. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think Tommy DeVito's kind of been cooking a little bit, but I think it's definitely time to say goodbye to, um, to, gosh dang it, dude. Why am I blanking?
0: That'd be Daniel Jones, who they just signed to a massive deal. That pick makes no sense. If you just signed Daniel Jones to $180 million, Why are you drafting Jaden Daniels? I don't get it.
1: No, it 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 wouldn't make any sense to me. Build some build some stuff around him. Maybe take Joe Alt, like you said right here. Maybe take Brock Bowers. Maybe take Malik Neighbors. Those are good guys to take in this spot probably. And if you can't ride with Danny Dimes, then you know Tommy DeVito, the uh, uh, Tommy Cutlets, is right there for you. So and he's uh he's dirt cheap at the moment because I'm sure you're not paying him jack. Anyway. So
0: they just pay him in oh, chicken cutlets.
1: Bingo, bingo. Your your payment is the fact that you get to stay in New York. Okay, how about that?
0: One month stipend at mom's uh, basement.
1: <laughs> we'll get you on the cover of my big fat Greek wedding. How about that?
0: We'll cover your uh, your subway charges. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's all fair points. Uh, moving into the seventh pick in the draft, New York Jets are projected to take offensive tackle Joe Alt from Notre Dame. I think this is value wise. If you can get Joe Alt at pick seven, this is everything the Jets need. Um, get some help. And if you could take Joe Alt here, you're going to have that guy from, um, from Louisville still at the other tackle. Makai Beckton.
0: Yeah, there we go. Makai Beckton.
1: Makai Beckton. So if you compare these two guys together, it would just be probably ideal for him um moving in to the next pick in the draft. The Los Angeles Chargers are projected to take I'm going to butcher this name. Jerzana Newton, D Lyman from Illinois. Um I don't know don't know. Couldn't tell you anything about this guy. And that probably tells you everything you need to know on if he's a uh, valued too high at pick eight to pick a DT. So, yeah, not a not probably the uh, the most amazing pick in the world. So, I don't know what we would do there. What what would we do there instead? Los Angeles Chargers. They need probably just about everything except for maybe receiver if Mike when Mike Williams is back, and running back I guess.
0: Brock Bowers is the is the pick.
1: Yeah, Gerald Everett ain't worth. Uh, Ain't worth anything right there, probably. So, <clears throat> Moving to the ninth pick, the Tennessee Titans are projected to take Brock Bowers. In this pick, I think that this is a good spot for him. I think that this kind of mobile tight end, versatile tight end that you can throw in at the slot is kind of what the NFL is about now. And I think Dalton Kincaid is finally starting to you know, show some good colors for the Bills now. And I think that this is probably a good spot for Brock Bowers to do the same exact thing out in Tennessee. So I like this pick. Um, Just need to, you know, need to see it happen. Need to see if Brock Bowers can make it that far in the draft. And the last one that we'll talk about, pick number 10, the Atlanta Falcons are projected to take Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU. And at this point in time, you pick another wide receiver, you make this offense even better, and you still don't have a quarterback to throw him the ball. It's all problems. It's all issues. You have a great everybody on your team is phenomenal offensively, except for your quarterback. Gotta do something. Gotta do something here, Arthur Smith.
0: Stinky. Bad, bad, bad.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I don't I don't know. What what else can you do? You you trade up with uh You trade up to some, I mean, you trade up somewhere and hope that you get a better quarterback maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or you trade down and see if you can't land a quarterback later.
1: Yeah, that too. That too. So, well, that's, uh, that right there will be everything I have on Triple G for the day. After this, we'll get into odds and ends where I'll make uh, Ed blind rank the greatest sports goats of all time all this and more after the break
0: all right time for odds and ends uh a couple of housekeeping notes here uh first and foremost in our bowl mania league thanks to everybody who joined um it brings me no joy to report that of everybody who made picks in the league uh your boy yours truly is uh in dead last at four and five not good at all um I want to apologize to all the listeners, uh, to my family, to my friends, myself. It's it's an unacceptable performance, but uh, the good news is a lot of games left. We'll be okay.
1: Yeah, can, uh, congratulations to Asa Robertson. Uh, being eight and one is extremely impressive in this uh, in this ball pickem. So, congratulations on being first place and ninety eight uh, point six percent in the world in the projectiles projectile spot. So uh moving into our ranking goats in order. Basically how this is gonna work is last time Tyler gave me a fast food rankings and told me to pick the top five and he'd name one out and I had to blind rank it and I absolutely butchered it. So we decided instead of letting me butcher it again, we're gonna let Ed butcher it. So a little bit of a switch up here. So starting off Ed, are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's do this.
1: Uh starting off, Tiger Woods.
0: Ooh. That's a, that's a good one there. Um, obviously the, the goat in all of golf. Um, I think Tiger's a good solid number four. I think I think we can find three better.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh number two,
0: Michael Jordan. Ah, yeah. See, there we go. Um It's either one or two for me. I'll put him number one. MJ is the GOAT.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, The best female tennis player of all time, Serena Williams.
0: Number five. Terribly sorry just Serena, but uh, in in the GOAT power ranking, she is number five. Uh, Can't put her above Tiger. She's a legend. One of the biggest legends that there is, but uh she's number five on this list.
1: Fair enough. Uh Babe Ruth.
0: Ah, see, should have put Tiger higher. Uh we'll put Babe three. That's fine. He's a he's a legend, but uh I think I misranked him. I think he's too high.
1: In our number five or number two spot, you have placed Peyton Manning. Oh,
0: that's perfect. That's perfect. It couldn't be better than that.
1: So uh, Michael, Jordan, Peyton Manning, Babe Ruth, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams. That's your top five. I like it. I really do like
0: it. If I could do so, it I, all over again, not blind, I'd move Babe down to five and I'd bump Tiger and Serena each up one.
1: Yep, yeah, I agree with you. I can totally agree with that. I, I like everything else though on this I definitely like everything else
0: i I'm, I'm proud of that one I, I feel like there were a lot of landmines step on there
1: yeah, it could have been a whole lot i could have I saw a video of somebody doing this, and they put Usain Bolt on there and people like that so there a ten a ten person blind ranking would be much more difficult.
0: It'd be miserable. Maybe, there's no right maybe, answers there
1: no, not at all somebody's always going to argue.
0: Um, one thing that I do need to pick bones on here, uh, Grayson, are you a big Christmas music guy? You know,
1: I, when I was working at Academy, I absolutely hated Christmas music and I'm sure that's what your feelings are right now is y'all, you hear that all day long at the bank. So I could, I could completely imagine that that would be an absolutely horribly annoying
0: So even before my life in retail or my life in banking, I was not a Christmas music guy. But it's been blaring nonstop since November 15th. I I just can't do it. I can't. It's... I wouldn't even play it on December 15th, let alone November 15th. Like, they do the Jingle Bell Rock for me. No, it's Jingle Bell Go Kick Rocks. I I can't do it with it. Just, Just take it all away. Um... It's, it's disgusting. It's not what Christmas is about. We don't need to hear all the Christmas songs all day, every day. It's terrible. The lights are good. If you want to sync up the songs to a light show, like, great. But just listening to Christmas music at work or on the radio, I don't know how you sickos can do this. It's awful.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. That's so funny, actually. I didn't even think about that. You haven't said and listened to that all day. I remember when, you were, when I used to work at Academy in college, you used to walk around the store, and you'd be able to know every single song that was playing because that's the only songs that played all day long. So during Christmas, it was always miserable because you'd like be counting the songs, and you are be like, that's the 17th time I've heard this song today.
0: Yeah, we, we used to keep like a running tally, and it was like, oh, yeah, there's Jingle Bell Rock for the fifth time this hour.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's bad.
0: I just can't do it. So good pod there. A little bit of housekeeping for the Christmas break. Um, We will be dropping a new pod on, I guess we'll do it either Monday or Tuesday. I know Christmas is Monday, so we might drop Tuesday. Uh, We're going to record that one here soon and have it ready and holstered for you guys. And then... uh, As we approach New Year's and New Year's Day, uh, we'll probably get one out for you there later. Uh, New Year's Day is on the 1st. We'll probably record on the 1st or the 2nd and have it out shortly thereafter. Um, With it being the college football playoff semifinals, then we might wait until after those games are final so we have more stuff to talk about. But uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Stay tuned to the socials and uh, we'll keep you locked and loaded there. Um, also me and my guy, Reed Roloffs, uh, will be out at the armed forces bowl on Saturday. So if you're in the area, come say what's up to your boys. We'll be over in the press box and, uh, be having a good time. So great. It's a shame that you weren't able to make it a three man there, but, uh, it'll be a good time nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately I have, uh, I had prior arrangements. So yeah, really, uh, really tough to not be able to be there, but. I will be uh, I will be boots on the ground in El Paso for the Sun Bowl, Notre Dame versus Oregon State. So we'll uh we'll be making up some some bowl games or some bowl trips on the road. So we'll, uh, we got a we got a lot to cover this upcoming month. So we love
0: it. that we do. So that'll do it for this episode. We will see you guys after Christmas. Everybody have a Merry Christmas, but don't listen to the Christmas music. It's rat poison. Um But until next time, for Grayson, this is Tyler. Be the man in the arena. Go make some money. Enjoy your Christmas break. And we will see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.